You're listening to episode number six of The Road to Seven with Sheila Cummins. Welcome to The Road to Seven podcast, guiding and supporting entrepreneurs along their road to seven figures and beyond. Here's your host, Sheila Cummins. On today's episode, I interview Melanie Votaw, who's been a book author, ghostwriter, editor, and book coach for 15 years. She has authored 10 books under her own name and ghostwritten 23 nonfiction books that have been published by Hay House, Macmillan, Hyperion, Persis Books, and others. She's currently working on her ninth Hay House book as a ghostwriter. Melanie has developmentally edited more than 50 books that have won 32 awards, and her work has appeared on the New York Times bestseller list. In her group coaching programs called Finish Your Book and Finish Your Book Proposal, she guides aspiring self-help authors through to the completion of their book or book proposal. No more procrastinating. I first heard about Melanie when I was attending a Hay House event here in Toronto, and I was listening to two authors who I had read their books. Uh, One was Sage Levine, and imagine my surprise when I learned that Melanie was actually a part of the writing process of getting the Women Rocking Business book out on the market. And I knew that I just had to connect with Melanie and learn more about what she does, learn more about her process, and learn more about getting that book out of your head. There are so many of you listening who I know are sitting on a book of some sort with with an amazing message to share and lessons to be spreading throughout the world to have massive impact. And so this is the podcast that you want to listen to because Melanie and I are going to help you figure out how to finish your book. Melanie, thank you for joining me today. Hi, Sheila. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. You know, finishyourbookcoaching.com is such a brilliant name for what it is that you do. Can you tell us a little bit about you, Melanie, please? Okay. Well, um, I have this trajectory of going from reading Hay House books to ghostwriting Hay House books that's been pretty miraculous for me, really. Uh, I never expected it. And I tell people it just goes to show you that you can often accomplish more than you realize you can. Um, I got a call one day and uh, was asked to work with someone on their book who was going to self-publish. And then that book was picked up and became a Hay House book. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm working on number nine of Hay House books for a few of their authors. And of course, I've worked with um, authors for other publishers as well. Uh, I've been doing this now for about 15 years. Um, And I often work as a ghostwriter, and I often work as an editor. And sometimes people don't understand what a ghostwriter really is, um, or they think it's not ethical. Right. Help us there to be a ghost. Yeah, let me explain this to you. It's sort of like um, the author is the designer and the ghostwriter is the seamstress. Mm. So it's, it's the author's expertise, but my expertise is how to put that information into a book, mm-hmm. how, to, how to structure it, how to make it work so that it's clear for the reader. And I think it's an awful lot to ask of someone to have an expertise in one area and also have the expertise of how to put a book together 
I actually don't know anyone who does have both. Um, unless you are an author, of course. Unless you are already a writer. Right. Yes. If that's and what, I if, think that's an important yeah. differentiator, Melanie, is lots of us are authors in that we have amazing ideas and content to share, but very few of us are writers. Well, that's true. And I think there are writers and there are writers. Tell me more. This is, an, this is, a, is a distinction that a lot of people don't understand. Um, putting a sentence together is something we all learn in school. Many of us are good at that. We know grammar. We know how to write a sentence that's clear. But a book is much more than that. A book is this long string of sentences, and it has to be structured in a way that makes sense. And what I find is that figuring out the structure is the hardest thing for people who have never done it before. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's really a skill in and of itself that you have to develop. Um, and, and that's the part that people need the most help with. Right, right. And so, so you work predominantly with nonfiction writers. Yes. Right? And so what would you say was or were or are the biggest barriers to someone who has great ideas to actually getting their, their book out on the market? What are the biggest challenges or barriers? You mean to finishing the book? <laughs> I, I think that probably would be at the top of the list. Yeah, because you can't get it out in the market until you finished it. Yeah. Right. Um, there are so many people who start, start again, start again, and never get to that finish line, or they're just years of writing little snippets, and they never get to that finish line. And I think there are three main pain points that contribute to that. One is the isolation that's involved with writing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's difficult. We don't like to be that isolated. Some people do, but most of us don't. <laughs> the other thing is the lack of motivation. As you're, it's, it's a bit of a a trudge. It's, you know, it's a slog to write a book. It's a long process. And it's very hard to keep that momentum going, especially when you're isolated. Um, and the other thing is that feeling of you don't know what you're doing. You start doubting yourself. You don't have any feedback. You don't have anybody to give you guidance as you're, as you're writing it. And so you begin to wonder if it's any good at all, and that little voice in your head that tells you all the terrible things gets to you, and the next thing you know, you've decided that it would be much more advantageous to, you know, sit down and binge watch your favorite Netflix show. You know? That always is your option, no matter what we're doing, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah. And the word I always, I always associate with Netflix is uh, escape. Yeah. <laughs> Allows you to just step out. So I think, you know, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think it's very real that isolation, the self-doubt before you've even, you know, launched anything or brought your book to fruition. What are some things that would help some of the listeners take that next step or make that next power move to get them to the next level in their business? Sorry. Well, <clears throat> to get them to the next level with their book, just that much closer to the finish line. Well, it depends on where they are in the process, obviously, but for a lot of people, and I, and I say this a lot um, because it needs to be said, 
Um, people love Julia Cameron. They love the artist way. They love doing their morning pages. I applaud that. I think it's wonderful. But people fail to realize that morning pages do not make a book. Help me out with morning pages if we're not familiar with the term. Right. Morning pages, uh, you get up in the morning, you write what you feel. You write what, whatever comes out. You let it flow. It's a free write. Free writing is great. However, um, w for a book, it doesn't really work. And I find that when people try to write a book that way, they don't get anywhere. They're just spinning their wheels. It's like being... It's like being a hamster, you know, on one of those wheels. Uh, you have to have an outline. <clears throat> okay, so we start with the outline. Yeah. Help me out. You have to have an outline. And nobody wants to do that because it feels like schoolwork, but you, you just have to have it. And um, I do have a whole process mm -hmm. for creating an outline that I, that I do with people. That's, that's a little complex to go into, but... Um, I tell people to just begin, this is where they can free write, where I just give them full permission to do that. Sit down and ask yourself, what do I want my readers to learn from my book? What do I want them to be able to do after they've read my book that they can't do now? What do I want them to know at the end of reading my book that they don't know now? And once you do that, you begin to really get a focus for yourself, what you really want the book to accomplish. And you start writing down topics. In order for them to get to this, to, to point B, at the end of my book, I need to talk about this, I need to talk about this, 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 and this. Then you have this list that you've just free written. And then you can go back and look at that list and begin to see where the relationships between those topics are. Um, you know, you'll find that, okay, I'm talking about fears here, the fears that get in our way. And here I'm talking about the negative beliefs that we have in our head. And those two are kind of related. I think I can maybe move those together. And then you start putting them into groups where they have relationships. And once you've done that, then you go back and you start trying to create an order. Hmm. Which, which of these topics do I think I need to talk about first? And it isn't that your outline is going to stay that way while you're writing. It's going to change some. But you need to have that foundation under you. Otherwise, you're going to, you're going to free write, and at the end of it, you're going to spend twice as long editing what you've written than you spent writing it. Right. And then it's going to be twice as long to get your book out. I love that. So you actually start by the end of what is it that you want your reader to take away and then you reverse engineer it. <clears throat> yes, that's I what I do anyway. Process. And then that gives people a structure so that they're not just sitting down willy-nilly and just writing openly. They know exactly what it is that they want to accomplish. Exactly. I love exactly. that. Exactly. Because, you know, if you, if you try to write a book without an outline, I always say it's like trying to build a house without a foundation. Sure. It just, I just never really seen it work very well. Right. What is the biggest barrier to getting that final piece of the book done? And how can our readers overcome that? <clears throat> I think the biggest barrier is self-doubt. Really? So it's not actually writing or the part of the book. It's actually us. Again, here we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you can blame it on time. You can blame oh. it on 
lots of different things. But I think what it really comes down to is self-doubt. And I have watched some big authors even begin to doubt themselves right before they they turn in their manuscript to the to their publisher and start to rewrite things mm -hmm. at, at the last minute and I have to pull them back and say don't don't do that don't do that because you don't have the time to sit with something brand new and and the only reason you're doing it is because you're scared and so at what point do you say just get it out just send it to the publisher well that's a tough one um, I think you you say that when you feel that you have done everything with it that you can do right but I do recommend that you get other eyes on it mm -hmm. that you have guidance from someone who's in the publishing industry and not just your English professor friend Right. Who's never actually published a book because again, it isn't about putting sentences together. It's about the structure and only someone who's in the book publishing industry will understand how that works. That's it. why the English teachers who I adore <laughs> aren't appropriate for editing a book. Right. So they can help with the sentences, <laughs> but they can't help. So what I'm hearing is the structure of the book is equally as important as the words that are in it. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. So you've done, you've helped co-write nine books now. Um, well, nine for Hay House. Nine for Hay House, but you've done more. I've written 33 books. Wow. Uh, Ten of those have my name on them, mm -hmm. and the other 23 have been ghostwritten by me. And then I've edited, I've developmentally edited more than 50, which is, where basically I take a raw manuscript and redevelop it. I, I change whatever needs to be changed. I don't just change um, grammar and punctuation and that sort of thing, but I move things around and I, I do whatever it needs to fix it. It's like we also sometimes call that book doctoring. Book doctoring. I yeah. Love that. Um, to self-publish or mm -hmm. to shop your book around and be published by a publishing house? Which, which should you do? What should we do? What are the That's, benefits or the drawbacks of both? They both have pros and cons. Okay. So it's largely a matter of preference. Um, okay. This is, this is a lot. <laughs> so let's see. The benefits to self-publishing are that the, the biggest benefit, I think, is that you can get your book out there really fast. Right. Um, if you go with a traditional publisher, it's usually a couple of years. After you turn the manuscript in, it's usually another year before you'll see it. If you're self-publishing, once you've finished the manuscript, you can have the book out within weeks. Because mm -hmm. all you have to do is send it to some place that's going to print it, going to you know, typeset it and print it for you. Right. Um, Another one of the disadvantages to self-publishing is that you have to do all the work yourself. You don't have an editor at the publishing house to give you any feedback. You have to hire someone to do the typesetting. You have to hire someone to do your cover yourself, whereas the publisher will do that. Mm -hmm. You also don't get any money toward writing the book when you self-publish. When you get a publishing contract with a publisher, you get uh, an advance mm -hmm. toward writing the book. 
What a lot of people don't realize, though, is that you don't get any royalties from the publisher until that advance has been paid back to them. Oh, interesting. Royalties are not over and on top of your advance. Mm -hmm. So for that reason, the majority of books never make any royalties because they never manage to pay back their advance. Mm -hmm. So the advance is, you know, the advance is good if you're hiring a ghostwriter because it gives you some money toward that. Right. If you don't have the money for that. Um, here are some other pros and cons. Um, if you don't have what we call a platform in the industry, which is basically just a following mm -hmm. people out there who know who you are already, and they're going to buy a book just because your name is on it. If you don't have that yet, self-publishing is a great way to get that because a book is a wonderful platform building tool. If you don't have that, getting a traditional publisher is very difficult because they need to know that your book is going to sell. They need to know that there are people out there who are going to buy it because it's you. That's the only way they can keep their businesses afloat, obviously. So um, if, you, if you really are hellbent on having a traditional publisher, You've got to work on the platform first. But some people self-publish their first book to build the platform. And then they either uh, try to get a publishing house to pick that up once it's sold a certain number. In fact, if you manage to sell 5,000 copies in the first year of your self-published book, publishers will take notice of that, 5,000 or more. Uh, but some people then just wait, and then they try to get a traditional publisher for their second book. Um, another advantage of self-publishing, you make more money per sale of book than you do if you're going with a traditional publisher. Obviously, a traditional publisher has to take a certain amount of the sale in order to make money. Mm -hmm. So if you feel that you have a following, that you have a way of selling books without a publisher it might not even be to your advantage to have a traditional publisher. There's a certain credibility. There's a certain clout to having a publisher behind you. It's sort of like, you know, a seal of approval. They have said this is a good book. But if you are already established, well-established in your field already, like a doctor or someone who has been doing uh, speaking engagements or has a very successful business, um, you may not need the clout of the publishing house. You may have enough on your own. Um, that's a lot of different pros and cons. Yeah, I hope that wasn't confusing. But, but it sounds like, uh, as a listener, we need to be looking at what collateral we have around us to decide which route is best for us to take in terms of do we just self-publish ourselves <laughs> or should we go and, and find a publisher? Yes, and it's, it's very much an individual decision. Yeah. How can someone know that they have an idea that is good for a book? What kind of ideas are best for books? <sighs> well, that's the million-dollar question. <laughs> um, we try and keep it light here at the road. Yeah. Company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me ask it differently. Are there any, are there, have you ever seen ideas that make a terrible book? 
Oh, all the time. Like what? Share some of the worst ideas that you've seen. Well, I think, I think really what it comes down to is that the ideas are not hooky enough. What do you mean by hooky enough? Well, they're too generic. They're not interesting. They're too generic. Um, and and it's, it isn't always easy to come up with something that's a little bit unique. You want something that catches attention, just mm-hmm. like anything else. You need, um, you need something for the reader to hang their hat on so that it doesn't sound like everything else that's already out there. Mm-hmm. Now, the content in the book itself may not be all that different from other books, but what's going to make it unique is that there is a concept uh, there is a sort of a brand in a way around the the information that you're imparting to the reader. Um, and you're also telling your own personal stories in the book, which is, which is important these days. Mm-hmm. People want to know the author. They want to get to know the person. And if they do get to know you in both your triumphs and your vulnerabilities, then they're going to be on board for book two, three, and four, and five if you want to continue doing that. Right. Um, but for instance, there's a book coming out, uh, next year with Hay House, um, a woman named Erin Stutland, and her book is called Mantras in Motion. And her hook is that she works with you on manifesting what you want through using movement as you're saying mantras. Hmm. So it's a little bit of a twist. Right. On on the way we usually think about manifesting or about mantras or about movement. It's right. combining those things. So if you can find a way, and, and a lot of what people are doing now is they're doing like a step-by-step process. They're creating a process and having steps um, or like a 30-day program. Um, and they're giving it a name that ha- that's that's interesting quote-unquote hooky right um and you know a lot of people are averse to that but it's it's the way you capture people's attention it's the way that they remember you Mm -hmm. if you just have a book that's you know how to feel better in 30 days (laughs) well that's a big yawner right you know i mean that marketing message and the hook to pull people in it absolutely is idea that may not be great it's how you attract people to your book. Yes. I love it. Exactly. So words of advice. What would be the number one thing you want the listeners to walk away from when it comes to getting their book out on the market? The number one piece of advice? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's that you have to have guidance, that you can't write your book in a vacuum. Yeah. You know, if you've written a book before and it's been reasonably successful, it's gotten good reviews, people have liked it, um, then perhaps you can do it without guidance. Mm -hmm. You still will have to have an editor at some point. Everybody needs another set of eyes on it because we all get myopic about our own stuff. But if you've never written a book before, you need a coach, you need an editor, you need somebody to bounce it off who's somebody who's in the industry. And, you know, I, I, 
I hesitate to say it because it sounds self-serving. I mean, obviously, I can't work with everybody. Right. <laughs> so it's not just about me. It's about it's about you and and having a good product that represents you and your brand well. And I just have yet to meet anybody who's never written a book who was able to do it without guidance. I've seen many self-published books that are kind of a mess. Yeah, and terrible. it breaks my heart mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. here's this person who has a lot to offer and a really good message. And yet here's this subpar product on the market that's representing them yeah. and hindering what they're going to be able to do because, because it's giving people a false impression of them. Um, so yeah, I have to say that's my number one piece of advice. And I see a lot of people not heeding it. I understand it can, it's an expense, you know, you have to hire somebody and I know that's an expense, but I just don't think you can, um, sidestep it. I agree. And I think anytime you're up leveling something in your life, having that coach or that guide to help hold your hand through the process, someone who's done what it is that you want to do is so critical to help you just get over those hurdles that stand in your way. And especially when we know that the number one hurdle is us, it's our own self doubt, our own you know, gremlins, our own being that's going to stand in our way of success. Because here's what I know about people who listen to The Road to Seven, Melanie. Mm -hmm. There are some phenomenal people with phenomenal ideas where if we keep those ideas hidden and behind your computer and you don't get it out there, you're doing a disservice to the people that are around you. So whether it's Melanie or someone else, get the guidance that you need to get that book out on the market. It is such a powerful business tool. Melanie, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your wisdom. How can people stay connected with you or learn more about what you do? Um, I suggest that they go to finishyourbookcoaching.com. Perfect. I'll put that in the show notes. Right. And you'll find out about um, the various things that I do. But the most exciting thing that I'm doing is starting a group coaching program for people who want to write the book themselves. Right. And I started it because as a ghostwriter and editor, I can only work with a handful of people in a year. And there are so many people who want to write the book themselves, but they end up in that isolation, that lack of motivation, that feeling like they don't know what they're doing. And so this coaching program that I'm starting will uh, alleviate all of those pain points mm -hmm. and help them actually finish their book. Finally, let's get those books out. You also have Done. a fantastic Facebook group, which I'm going to put a link to in the show notes so that people can join you there so they can learn more about you and connect more with you. And for all of you who are listening, who have the idea in your head or who are sitting on just a little piece of brilliance, get the guidance that you need to get your book out so that you can up level what it is that you're doing. Thank you for listening. And I will see you on the next podcast. Thank you for listening to the road to seven podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. So you don't miss an episode to learn more. Visit SheilaCummins.com for more support along your road to seven figures and beyond in your business. See you next time.